2: What's up Bulls Nation and welcome into the CHGO Bulls podcast presented by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up for a PointsBet account to live your bet life. I'm Peck. You can follow me at Bulls underscore Peck on Twitter. Will the Goat Gottlieb at Won't Gottlieb. Big Dave is at B A W L Sports. We are at CHGO underscore Bulls. Hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. We are actually recording this Friday evening at the onset of Memorial Day weekend, but we wanted y'all to have something in your feeds for Monday uh, because we love you and we want to give you that content. So up on deck for this episode, we have our grades for Billy Donovan and his performance as the Bulls head coach in the 21-22 season. My guys, how are we? Are we ready to do this?
1: Let's get into it.
2: Is this the last evaluation? This is it. Unless you want to evaluate, like players. the you know the ticket sales staff, the the medical staff, I, I don't. <laughs> can, I don't. I don't think we want to talk about the medical staff. We they do had their work <laughs> cut out for them this year. They did. That they do. Um, all right, gentlemen, let's dive right in. So for Billy Donovan, as far as the categories of grades were breaking down, uh, we broke it down into X's and O's coaching. Mm-hmm his leadership skills, and Mm. then, of course, meathead grades and overall grades. Let's start with X's and O's. uh, And I see here in our Google spreadsheet that we all gave him a nice, solid B. Um, I I was thinking about a B- minus for half a second, and then I just thought, you know what? It was really nice having Billy Donovan around in year two of his tenure as the Bulls head coach. I'm going to, you know... I feel like summer break is almost here. Like we are in the part of the calendar year where grades are actually happening for people. And I just felt like a teacher in a good mood. So I was like, you know what, Billy, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to leave that minus on that B. I'm going to take the minus away. and give you a solid B. Um, Will, what was going through your thought process of evaluating Billy as an X's and O's NBA coach when you gave him that B grade?
1: so i think the first thing that i want to do is just have like a you know preface this whole thing by saying evaluating a coach is a really difficult thing to do because it's very hard to identify and like assign credit or blame because you're talking about a whole staff and you know that that bleeds into x's nose it bleeds into the leadership category that we're talking about but it's also it bleeds into player development and uh, you know, a lot of it is also just on the players. Like, are they executing? They have to be the ones out on the, on the floor making this stuff happen. So mm-hmm. um, we, I think it's just important to point that out so that we think about this through that lens. But for X's and O's for me, you know, I thought Billy was good. I think you saw some of what he can do early on in the year in terms of getting guys to buy in uh, on both sides of the ball. Like nobody thought the Bulls were going to have a good defense. People thought it was going to be a lot of ISO mid-range stuff. And in the early part of the season, when everybody was healthy, the ball was popping. It was moving side to side. Um, obviously, as it progressed, like everybody got hurt, and it just kind of had to devolve into DeMar operating from the elbow. But I think at the specifically at the beginning of the season, we got to see some of the good stuff that I think Billy uh, and his staff instituted on both sides of the ball, um, with Lonzo and Caruso just being complete animals on defense and basically like locking everybody up and propping up that defense where they were a top 10 you know defense through the first part of the year and offensively too like they're running in, in transition they're hitting a ton of threes that everybody was like touching the ball the ball has energy all the cliche Phil Jackson stuff but it's true and I think that was where you saw peak Bulls. so obviously as I said the the season progressed in a way that made that really difficult um and I didn't want to like blame billy too much for that because at the end of the day like if you don't have the right guys out there you're not gonna be able to get much done so i thought a b was fair seems like you guys agree with that
0: yeah uh, i thought b was very fair um for what he did he was also i guess a b for breath of fresh air uh as you said because it was great to watch those post-game conferences and hear him, a coach, actually talk about basketball and be knowledgeable about it. Because to be fair, I hadn't seen that (laughs) for a while. And it was great to see a coach uh, assess his team but not criticize them at the same time. He always kept it basketball. You know, it was always talking about the game and what was going on within the game. he never let them get too high or or too low when it came to the X's and O's of it. Because when we would point out, oh man, Bulls on this nine-game winning streak, he immediately will point out what they would do wrong on defense. Immediately. He 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 was, nope, we got to get better at this. We got to get better at this. We can't rely and relax on this, guys. We have to get better at these things. Um, and I think you said it right, Will. Like, it was hard for me to place blame, uh, which is another B word. It's hard for me to place blame on him uh, for that, especially that second half of the season, because a lot of guys were injured. Um, but I'm not going to uh, – I don't want to absolve him uh, from everything. Because uh, it's a team game, so you know if I'm gonna have you sharing the joy, I-, I have to have you share in the in the blame as well. Um, There were some times where I would say I wish he would have. It was minor stuff, like it would be like oh man, I wish he would have caught the timeout here, or oh man, they got into that offensive set a little too late. And I thought there were some times where I wanted him to be more hands on uh as a coach on certain plays when guys when they were trying to run their half court offense. Um, Because Billy is like. um Phil Jackson, in a sense, where he likes guys to figure it out. And that that was great when Lonzo was out there. You know what I mean? You got a high IQ guy who can, you know, kind of point things out to you. But it's a little harder, you know, when he was off the floor. And I wanted Billy to be a little more hands on uh, with those kind of things. But at the same time, I understand why he wasn't doing that. He's trying to get guys to learn. You know, they got to kind of buy in. And he was more so preaching belief and letting guys know you already know what to do. You know what I mean? You have to believe in it yourself kind of thing. So yeah, I don't fault him for these things. These, these are just very nitpicky uh, things, but overall, yeah. Like the season started, he was a plus. plus uh, second half of the season. I'm talking about team. wise. Excuse me. Uh, it was right. a plus second half of the season. It was what C minus. So for me, that's how I can kind of end up with a B.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, agree with a lot of what you guys were saying and, and, you know, Will specifically when you were saying about what you can and can't fault, you know, Billy for. I, I'm there was a part of me that kind of wished I could have seen a little bit more of a adapting to the situation from Billy when they started to lose key guys like Caruso and like Lonzo and say, okay, well, you know, obviously that's a big hit, but is there something we could do schematically to to improve our chances on any given night? Um, because it just kind of seemed like. The, the result was, well, our defense flatlined and now also a lot of our shooters are in a cold streak and we're losing game after game after game. I don't know how much of that Billy could have changed by changing things up differently. I mean, I, what would you guys have been interested in seeing like a little bit of box and one at some point on the defensive end? Do you think that would have helped? Do you think the Bulls had the personnel to pull that off? I just I, I got really tired of watching the Bulls fail in the same ways for like that final 25 or so games of the season. But again, I don't know how much of that I could put on Billy because he had what he had.
0: Right. Right. Go yeah. Anywhere. To me,
1: that's, that's a question of the leadership aspect, which we'll get into next. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, a, it's a double-edged sword because if you want to blame Billy for the X's and O stuff, then you also have to look at the players. And so I think It was just a really weird and tough spot to be in, but it did seem like they had a great plan. And once Mm -hmm. that started to go astray because of injuries, like they just couldn't figure out what to do. It was like, okay, DeMar just like, take us home. And that worked for a little while. And then that went wrong. And there was just, there was nothing there. And I I do think um, in the playoffs, especially he, the first two games had some great stuff going on. Like the rotations, I think were on point um just the way that he was attacking the bucks defense and Mm -hmm. making sure that like you know the bulls are not a three-point shooting team they were last in the league in three-point attempt rate Mm -hmm. but in the playoffs they were just bombing away and that to me signifies that like he understands one what the bucks are giving up and two what they need to do to be competitive in these games so i do credit him for that i think part of it is just like kind of obvious like i told you guys that we all told each other that like that was going to be the key uh, to shoot a lot of threes against a team that gives up a lot of threes, but um, yeah, I mean they they did it. So you have to you have to credit him for that.
0: Yeah, and also I want I have to give him um, that kind of credit too because he he <laughs> I'm trying to put this in a in a nicer way, but he knew how to tell Bulls fans I know what I'm doing, and what I mean by that like sometimes Bulls fans would see a certain guy on the bench and wonder why they weren't playing. And Marco is a great example. Uh, why isn't he in the game? Why isn't he doing it? I mean, do that. He should be in there. There's a reason. You know what I mean? And as Billy went on and on and on, he he didn't say it, but the fact that they weren't playing and how they were playing was letting you know, dude, you're not ready for this. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. is another example. I mean, we out like man, he's got to get out there. Like right, we got to try him out. He wasn't even playing him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The first half, he, he wasn't playing him. I don't think Billy thought he was ready for it. He, when he put him in, it was the perfect time to put him in because he came in super hot and ready to go. Um, I don't know if Billy just knew to do that, but I'm going to say he did because he's the coach. Um, but he knew when to play guys. And and I, I know you heard me say this a billion times during the season, Will. Uh, he wasn't beholden to any lineup. I've, I've said it a billion yeah. times. and But it's true. He would try. Starting anything. in the preseason with Javante yes. starting over Patrick. Yes, like that's coaching. Like who who's putting a six four dude, a six-four guard at the four and didn't bat an eye about it? Cause I don't think Matt and, I remember Matt not doing the show after we found out Patrick Williams was, it was like we were going over the other people. We didn't even it was Javante won the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like a thought like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I'm not mistaken, I think Matt brought him up. Let me say that for about me then. But I it wasn't a thing for me. You know what I mean? Be like, oh well, Javante. He was like, yeah, you know, man, you can't play a whole season or something like that. Yeah, you can You know what I'm saying? if you got a coach that knows what he's doing. Um, so I credit him for those kind of things and just giving the players their leeway. You know what I mean? To to figure out what they need to do on the floor and where they need to be on the floor. Um, he was just very patient, always very patient with his players, man. Always the same kind of even kill guy, but he could coach, man. And he, he did his thing like you. You don't have this success without a good coach. Like, that's the bottom line of it. That just doesn't happen, and Billy Donovan is a damn good basketball coach.
2: If if there's one thing that I would ding him a little bit for, it was that I sometimes didn't love the rotations. And again, his rotation was constantly changing because he constantly was dealing with the fact that he had a different group of guys available to him at any right. given point in the season because of first people being put in COVID uh, protocols, and then also after that, that's when the injury started happening, but there were just certain staggers that I didn't love where you would look at the five on the floor and say like, man, who's running this offense? Who's scoring buckets in this offense? Um, and so I, I think he did do, do a decent job of, for the most part, always having one of Zach or DeMar on the floor at all times. He did sometimes have stretches where neither of them were on the floor. And I did not like that. Because we, like, those two drove the Bulls offensively all season long, and I just didn't know why he would ever risk having any stretch of minutes because when he did dare to dip into that pool of having both of those guys on the bench, those minutes did not go well for the Bulls. So, you know, I I did take issue with his rotations sometimes. Um, The other thing that I was – you know, if we're going to be critical about is finding ways to keep the ball moving. Um, there were some times where it got stagnant with Demar, and then four guys standing around. Um, you know, what could he have done better to keep the ball moving and still get Demar his looks? The other thing, along with that, as far as running an efficient offense is that sometimes, and certainly. Uh, it was more noticeable when the Bulls were playing a quality defensive teams. It took them too long to get into their offensive sets, and partly that depended on who was bringing the ball up and who was, you know, "quote unquote" running point at that particular time at that particular game. But I I do not like it when you, what for whatever reasons when you're getting pressed, you know, in in your own backcourt or whatever it is, that all of a sudden you look up and there's and there's 14 or 12 on the shot clock, and you're just now trying to get into your offense that I think definitely has to do with coaching. And that's something that I would like to see the bulls and Billy do a better job at next year.
1: Yeah. I think Billy is very much a player's coach. He, he wants to let the guys do what they're good at. Um, and I think in previous years there have been coaches where it was like too much in the other direction. Like we have to implement the system and we have to play it. Um, this year, you know, and I mentioned the, the playoff stuff, but I think during the regular season, especially it was kind of the opposite where it was kind of just like, let DeMar do what he wants to do. Zach's going to take, you know, three or four more mid range attempts this year than he did last year. And I think there's value in that, in the sense that like, you want to have a good relationship with your players. And like, even though there's like the whole efficiency, like three point, you know, layups and free throws thing, like that's all very valuable and true, but like, if these guys are not comfortable taking those shots, they shouldn't be taking them and mm-hmm. they're going to take the shots they want to take instead. Um, and and Billy gave them free reign to do that. I think there were times when he needed to rein it in a little bit more and say like, we have to play an offense. I brought this up. I think on Monday with Mark, when he was on, like the bulls didn't really have an identifiable offensive system that they could lean on the way that like a warriors team does who just made the finals. So mm-hmm. Not every team has Steph Curry. Not every team has Steve Kerr. Um, You know, not every team is going to be the Daryl Morey Rockets where they just stand around and shoot threes in the corner. But I do think it would have been nice to see a little bit more of an offensive system. And like I said, with all the injuries, it just became nearly impossible to do that. So it's really hard to, like, crush Billy for that. But I do think it was somewhat of a problem.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, Also, I think uh, to to your point, what you were saying, Matt, I think the reason why he would try to, you know, have those lineups out there without uh, Demar and Zach one, you, you kind of want to see what you got uh, in, in one sense, instance of it, but two, and I looked at it as he was trying to instill confidence in his players um, to be like, no, dude, I, I have faith in you that you can get this done. Um, now, sometimes it's, you know, your faith, you know, didn't return the rewards of what, you know, you were trying to get. That's obvious, um, but I think that he was really trying to instill that because remember, this is still a young team and this was still brand new Billy Donovan, uh, you know, coming in here. You know, this, he hasn't been established yet. You know, I'm sure I, I I expect more next year. I'm sure we'll get into that later, but I, I expect more next year as far as that kind of nature of being established and culture and all that other stuff. But I think he was just trying to give guys those opportunities, you know, saying to say, OK, he's not here. He's not here. What are you going to do? You know, what do we how do we figure this out? You know, let's be hands on. Let's figure it out. But the one thing, again, that I just didn't like is he would be hands off on a lot Mm -hmm. of those things. So Mm -hmm. and I just didn't like that. It's like it's like sending a kid out there to learn to ride a bike, you know, and the training wheels might be on, but there was still always that parent behind there holding that seat. And Billy just wouldn't hold that seat. You know, He was still Mm -hmm. just like, go ahead, ride. You know what I mean? You'll figure it out. You'll fall. You'll get up. Which is a cool way to learn. You know, it's not a wrong way, but it's just, you know, I'd rather have that s- your hand on the seat. You know, it's it's a little more security uh right there. But yeah, like, but he's a player's coach. You know what I mean? He's for the player. And yeah, like I I, I didn't mind it, but I understand it. You know what I mean? I, I get where you're coming from though.
2: Um the perhaps the greatest element of Billy's X's and O's, you know, basketball strategy that we saw this season, the in-between free throws timeout. Got to give him a shout out for that.
0: I mean, classic icing the kicker,
2: <laughs> give, giving his guys the upper hand every time his opponents went to the free throw line.
0: So weird. Yes, he did. But,
2: but like, <laughs> that, I mean, I, I said that in jest, but what I did also like about Billy this season, as soon as he saw something he didn't like on the floor, that dude called a timeout. Um, yeah, he did. And a lot of NBA coaches get critiqued for that, for not knowing when to call timeouts. Uh, pre- you know, previous Bulls head coach, timeouts, dude never knew, never knew, took him when he shouldn't have, didn't take him when he should have. A lot of people were ragging, uh, you know, Jason Kidd in this Mavs uh, Warriors conference final series about when the Warriors made, uh, you know, their Warriors that runs that mm-hmm. that kid waited two or three possessions too late to call his timeouts. Yes. I think I would always much rather have a coach who calls that timeout to fix the situation um, and address it as opposed to waiting too late or the, you know, pull the Phil Jackson move. Here, you figure it out. I'm not going to call a timeout. You figure it out. This Bulls team wasn't ready for that yet. Um, Mm. You know, and there was something that I think Billy said as things were kind of falling apart towards the end of the season, which was we need to go from being able to fix something and address the problem and then try to talk about how to fix it during a timeout to them recognize what's happening and fixing it on their own so we don't need a timeout. Yeah. And so I think some of that falls on Billy and some of that falls on the players.
0: Yeah, I, I, can, I can hear that. I can hear that. And man, he, but again, for me, this is, it's nitpicky. And I like the fact that it's nitpicky because like you just stated, Matt, before in previous seasons, this this was a big deal because <laughs> it was a lot of trash here. and But now it's like, okay, we just want you to, you know, coach a little more and keep your hand on the on the bike. You know what I mean. Which is fine. You know what I mean. Those are little tiny things that I think he can uh, fix. But outside of that, I thought he, I thought I really thought he did a great job uh, for this team, man. And I just really like how he feels like it feels like he has his finger on the pulse of this team, and he knows what guys can do, what when they need to come out, how long they need to be in, when those timeouts need to be taken, as you just mentioned, Matt it feels like he understands those kind of things. And also I can credit him with um, uh, some of the development of those players as well. I mean, credit to the bench coaches, you know, I want to give them, you know, a lot of credit, you know, for the development of these players, but I want to give Billy some too, especially, you know, with guys like Patrick Williams, who he took under his wing, you know, rookie season, um, who as Will famously talked about, you know, the chicken parm. Um, That was great. You know what I mean? Like that was just a great insight and great thing to hear uh, from your coach about a player that, they feel like they're pretty high on so yeah just hearing how he spoke of these players how highly he spoke of them man, and to just see how they played with a certain sense of that of fear that wasn't there you know certain players who are young play with a kind of a fear there mm-hmm. I didn't really sense that in the young guys this year um, not saying that they all played great but just saying that I didn't sense that aspect of it and I credit Billy Donovan with that because he gives them that confidence to kind of go out there and just be better.
2: So that, that speaks to his leadership and we'll share our leadership grades for Billy with y'all coming up next in just a minute. But first today's episode brought to you by that's right. Points bet NBA NBA finals start just a few days. You guys, if you're not using points bet for the NBA finals, I don't know what you're doing. That's why it's there Mm -hmm. (laughs) today's show presented by points. Bet. don't forget that promo code CHGO When you sign up to get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000, It's a great way to support CHGO, and it's a great way to have some fun. Mm -hmm. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit when you sign up at PointsBet, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our amazing web content. You'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker, plus access to our members-only Discord channels, one for each team at CHGO. That's 2,000 free bets, free CHGO membership, a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making that first-time deposit of $50 or more at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing live NBA same-game parlay, live NBA finals, same-game parlay. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can also boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, boost live, all with PointsBet and now mm-hmm. online sign-up, that's right, is available in Illinois. Download the Points Bet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Tell them what to do. Wheel the Thrill!
0: Live your bet life. Mm. Hit them with the greens, Dave. Oh, one time, right in the face. <laughs> bet life. We're going with bet life. Bad life, life. (laughs) jerk store, (laughs) jerk store. We're going with jerk store. Yes. Athletic greens, y'all. There's a reason Matt is feeling good right now. Because ever since he had his athletic greens on the show that you all watched, you saw him chug that thing on down. He's never been the same. You know why? He's got a little more spryness in him. That's why he was out there on that field trying to play softball. Now, I won't blame athletic greens for the quad injury. But I give Athletic Greens the credit of giving him out there on the field because of those 75 high-quality vitamins, those minerals, those whole food source superfoods, those probiotics, and those adaptogens that start your day right. That special blend of ingredients that support the gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, your focus, and that aging. All of the things your beautiful self needs help with. And the other thing you might need help with is affording this wonderful product it costs you less than three dollars a day it's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance y'all you need that everybody needs insurance in their life why not give your body some of that stuff but don't just take my word for it take it from the handsome fellow who's all the way in brazil acting like he's on fast and furious baby my man will the thrill got please will tell him how you feel about the greens
1: I'm so glad we talked about Fast and Furious yesterday. That was that was <laughs> great stuff.
0: It was. But
1: uh, I did bring some of the Athletic Greens AG1 with me to Brazil, mm. the travel packs, throw them in your water every morning. It's a great way to start the day. You mm-hmm. Get some water, you get hydrated. You get all the vitamins, minerals, and supplements that you need to stay healthy and keep your body moving. It's just investing in your body. If you want to feel good,
0: get yourself some Athletic Greens. Mm. And to make it easy for y'all out there, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of that immune-supporting vitamin D and one, two, three, four, fifth free travel packs like Will says he's got with him. They give you that on your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance Athletic greens, scoop it, dump it, shake it, drink it, feel it, thrill it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was looking for a caboot it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shoot it and I didn't kaboot it, <laughs> but let's rock. Let's rock. Let's rock today. today.
2: <laughs> All right. Moving along. Our leadership grades for Billy Donovan, uh, Big Dave gave him a B plus. Will gave him a B minus. I gave him an A minus. Mm. Um, I will just speak on this for a minute. I would have given him a flat out A because this guy is a player's coach. They love uh? playing for him. He loves coaching them. And you know, we were talking a little bit uh, earlier about maybe him letting them ga- get away with a little too much. Uh, and so maybe that that is uh, not perfectly walking that line of uh, demanding accountability and getting it while also making your players feel like you are there to lift them up and support them while also mm-hmm. being the person who's holding them accountable. I think Billy does a pretty darn good job of that. And maybe he leans a little bit more towards the lenient than the disciplinarian. I mm-hmm. think that's okay as long as you have the right vibe in the locker room. The reason I dinged him with a minus when it comes to leadership is that In my opinion, we saw far too many games this past season when the Bulls came out in the first quarter completely unprepared to play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe some of that walkthrough was not done seriously enough, Uh, you know, at morning shoot-around. They had the wrong game plan, or they had the right game plan, but they just did not get into the right state mentally to prepare for that game. And we saw the Bulls dig themselves out of far too many holes this season. And they had... Some pretty impressive hole digging games, but I would much rather just start with the lead and have the lead, the whole game. And so preparedness for the jump first quarter, first minute, you've got to be ready to play. I felt there were far too many games this season when the bulls came and were not ready to play. Some of that is mm-hmm. on the players. I'm putting some of it on Billy as well.
0: Sure. Um, that's kind of why he got to be for me because for, I, I thought about that as well, Matt. Um, But yeah, but overall, though, I just really enjoy having him as the head of the team. Like what I do also like about him being the head coach is I don't question who's in control or who's in power on that team. The first person I'm looking at to go to to talk to is Billy Donovan, period. Like I just want to hear what Billy has to say. And it doesn't feel like um, he's saying anything that the team doesn't feel. You know what I mean? Like there's no monkey wrench. There's nothing out of left field. Unless, again, you're talking about chicken park. <laughs> There's nothing really out of left field when it comes to Billy. Uh, the players and him are on the same page. And for me, that's leadership because that's rare. You know what I mean? Not, and I'm saying, and I'm not saying that works for everybody across the NBA. You don't have to be on the same page with your coach to win games or win titles. We saw that with shit, Phil Jackson here in Chicago. You don't have to be on the same page. You know what I mean? But you got to win. You know what I mean? Like That's the whole point of it. And but it works that way for Billy. It works that way being on the same page. I'm thinking about him in college, uh, with his with his players there. And you see how why they like Joe Kim Noah and guys Ronnie Brewer and though and Al Horford, they all speak incredibly highly of him. And that team moved as a unit, you know, in, in one unit, that's how they moved. Even in Oklahoma City, those those teams moved like that. Like it didn't seem like anything was out of whack or any hair was out of place. And that's a shout out to his amazing head of hair, also. Um, but I liked his leadership. I think that was his strongest thing for me was was his leadership. And that's – but you're right, man. That's why I gave it a B because there were many times they came out just flat, just looking uninterested in playing basketball. But at the same time, I would love – he would notice that immediately. And that's what I liked about Billy. Like, that timeout was coming – up, it didn't matter if it was 0-0. If he saw that was wrong, eh, timeout, nope, start over. We got to start this over, guys. What are we doing out here? Let's start this over and do it again. I like that kind of stuff from Billy. Um, making his guys accountable, you know what I mean? They're not blaming anybody else. It's always on them. Like, what can we do to get better? We got he makes them look at themselves, you know what I mean? I like that. I really do enjoy that. I like the fact he took Patrick Williams to watch the Milwaukee Bucks before before this year, uh in his rookie year. I love that. They took him to the finals. Like, I want you to feel this. I love what he did for Io. You know what I'm saying? I love Kobe's growth and and those kind of things. I love Zach's growth uh under Billy. So yeah, I, I give them a B uh, for it, a pretty high B for that. But it wasn't perfect, uh, obviously. They finished six, so it, it wasn't a perfect thing for the Bulls. But for what they are and what they're trying to be, it it was good enough for me.
1: There's a lot, I think, that falls under the category of leadership. And I think the first thing that we should say here is like when AK and Eversley took over this team, the first thing they did, the first move they made to bring somebody in was hire Billy Donovan. And I think they did that because of his leadership. So when I give him a B minus, I don't mean that in a bad way because I agree with you, Dave. That's probably one of his strongest attributes as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he leads the ship. He directs the traffic. Um, you know, I think he has done a really great job with this team, and in, in a lot of ways, gotten them to overperform. At the same time, I think, you know, trying to look at this objectively, we've probably been subject to some really bad coaching over the last five to seven years that makes us think that Billy is a little bit better than he actually is. Mm. So obviously you have uh, the last two years. And then before that, it was Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg, like... I have a great story about Fred, which I, I can say for another time, but like he is truly one of the nicest people in the game of basketball, maybe just yeah. at all. He's incredibly nice, but like he lost control of the locker room and Jimmy yeah. and D Wade had their little thing and Rondo and the young guys, whatever, they had that thing and it just didn't work out. He wasn't able to like rein it in and talk about system players, system teams, like he couldn't really implement the style of play that he wanted to. Before that, it was Tibbs and Tibbs obviously had a great run for the first couple years, but he really fell out of favor because he was really stubborn and hard to work with and wouldn't adjust and didn't play the young guys. So when, when you go from one extreme, like Tibbs all the way back to Fred Hoiberg, all the way back to Jim Boylan, you're like flying back and forth. And I think Billy represents like a steady middle ground. I think that's good, but I don't think it's great. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Billy, if you were to rank him, like I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this. But like I think he's probably between like the 12th and 14th best coach in the league, would you say? Maybe a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Think about bit that. Top 15 that range. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's like above average. That's above a C above a C plus for me. So mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything that like he necessarily did wrong, but where I would, and, and again, this is like partially on the coaching staff and the players too, where I would um Ding him a little bit here is on the player development and getting the young guys to play and even like the back-end bench guys, like preparing them to get into games when the Bulls needed them because they mm-hmm. had all these injury problems. Like Aya was really the one young guy who who stepped up. And even he tapered off at the end there. Like Patrick Williams, obviously injured, but he and Patrick had a weird like relationship where he was like calling Pat out in the media. And saying like, oh, I can just tell Iowa what to do. But like with Pat, I have to like go over it with him time and time again. I thought that was kind of weird. Um, he also like had the weird thing about saying uh, the Bulls don't play drop defense, which really was just calling out Booch <laughs> for not being at the level of the screen. So there was definitely some weird stuff, but ultimately it was just like, and again, so much other stuff going on here with the injuries and just the overall like overperforming in the first half underperforming in the second, but it just like, it didn't seem like he had answers. And I think mm-hmm. towards the end of the season that started to weigh on guys in the locker room and it devolved a little bit. You could see it happening on offense. You could see the defense just disappearing a little bit more than it was. And so I think that's a, a leadership issue. And again, I don't think he was a bad coach by any means. Like, I don't think a B minus is a bad grade, but it was not, it wasn't a situation like, um, I don't know. Like I bring up the Steve Kerr example again, where, or even Ime Udoka where he just like rallied guys around
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: an idea that they could all like work towards the bulls just like kind of lost that and i think that's a leadership issue
2: yeah i think it's i think it's <sighs> fair to <laughs> mention that um that as as things were falling apart for the bulls because of guys being out down the stretch and and a much more difficult schedule uh post all-star break that for whatever reason, Billy wasn't able to muster up something different from from within him and from within them to maybe help them, you know, pull out a few more Ws than Ls down the stretch. Um, and I, I mean, I I don't know. It's, it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of an NBA coach. It's just as hard as, as it is to put yourself in the shoes of an NBA player. What he could have, should have said and done differently from a leadership standpoint to kind of help them deal with the fact that they were going through a, a, a really rough stretch and, and adversity. And, and honestly, like I even, um, you know, along similar lines would would want to give him some credit for the fact that when things were going well at the start of the season, he said to the players and also to the media, we're not going to shoot this hot all season long. Yeah. We're on this great win streak, but there are still things that we're doing wrong. And there are things that I would like us to see clean up. So I I, I credit for him. Like to me, I think that's great leadership in that he didn't let them, or at least he tried to not let them get too, you know, full of themselves, too confident when things were going as well as they were, because he knew that they were a vulnerable team, that things weren't Mm -hmm. going to be all peachy and keen uh, through the entirety of the season. But then once, like you said, Will, once that part hit, it didn't seem like he had any answers. And so I, yeah, I think I think, it's, I think it's fair to critique him for that.
1: That's where I struggle with it, too, because he kept on saying, like, his his line at the end of the season was like, we have to confront our problems. Like, I'm glad these are happening now so that we have time to confront them. But it just didn't feel like they did anything. And to your point, Matt, like, there's no way we could know what he's saying to the players in the locker room. There's no way we know... What else is going on behind the scenes? All we know is that it didn't happen. And it's impossible for me to do that job. I would obviously just not be able to do it. But like, that's his job. He's the one that's supposed to do that. And I think, um, obviously, only one team wins at the end of the year. Uh, There are only like a couple teams that make it as far as being true competitors. The Bulls weren't in that boat. And I don't think that's like Billy's fault, but it just felt like a lot especially at the end of the season went wrong and um, he and nobody else had an answer for it. Nobody, nobody could figure out why or how to
0: fix it. Yeah. I I will say this, Will, um, to your point, uh, talking about Pat and uh, Vooch, I think personally, Billy knew who he could say what to. And I think the reason he came out like that and was like that on Pat was he kind of knew he could say that to Pat, you know, he could get away with saying those things and, putting him out there like that and get away with saying those things about boots. Cause he really didn't do it. You know what I mean? to nobody else. You ain't see him doing that to Zach. You know what I'm saying? You ain't see him doing that to Lonzo. You know, they're not going to, they probably wouldn't respond to it the same kind of way. So mm-hmm. I think he kind of had his pulse on those no, guys that's a good point. Uh, about knowing how to speak to him. Because again, we talk about him being a player's coach and that's one of the things of it is knowing your players. You know what I mean? So I, I think those were the reasons uh why he would, he would do something uh like that it, it just looked it definitely looked weird <laughs> it definitely sounded weird when he would say those things about it man but i i, I do think that were one of the reasons though personally
2: all right so uh, we will get to our meathead grades and then overall to wrap up in just a second but first big dave one more time hit the people with the advice
0: on all the fun they can have a points bet nba finals oh it's in your face and if you enjoy chgo one way to continue to help us to grow that right is to download that PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up because not only are you getting those two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of that awesome web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. And in case you missed it, online Sign up is available in Illinois. That means if you're in this beautiful state, Illinois, or this even more wonderful city of Chicago, you can download that PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your awesome phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life. When? How about now-ish? So what are you waiting for? Because once the game starts, y'all, you don't just bet. Will to three, will tell them what they do.
1: Two times, one episode, you live your pet life.
0: <laughs> boom.
2: And a boom. <laughs> All right, y'all. Meathead Grades, uh, the audio only podcast. So you guys don't see the graphic up here. Um, will, let's start with you. I think I know what this stands for. Will's Meathead Grade for Billy Donovan this season T G Y N J.
1: I have a feeling you're right, but so I'm going to skip you and see if Dave has any guesses.
0: Uh, geez, MJ, uh The guy's not Jim? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you're not Jim. Thank God you're not Thank Jim. Thank God okay. you are
1: not Jim. I was close. I was on there. Yeah, you were there very was close. There. And All right. I kind of said it already, but like the Bulls have just gone from one end of the extreme to the other over the last five or seven years. It's so nice to have a good coach, a capable yeah. coach, yeah. a coach that commands respect and like I said before, he's the first thing that AK did when he started his, you know, era as as the Bulls lead decision maker. And I think that was an intentional thing like let's bring in a really respectable coach who's not like on one extreme or the other. So thank God you are not Jim.
2: <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Um, Big Dave.
0: Yes. Mine was simple. Uh mine was pretty simple. It's K O K O, which is also Coco. But <laughs> it simply means keep on keeping on. That's it. Just I like keep that. doing, keep doing the same thing you're doing. Like just keep on doing you, Billy Donovan. Because, like Will said, it's been a long time since we've had this here. And it just feels good. And I've said that to Matt a thousand times, Watching him in the press guy. I'm like, dude, don't this feel good? Like just mm. listening to somebody be competent when they're talking and, and not trying to gaslight people and, you know what I mean? Just out here talking very highly of his team and, you know, but being stern about it, you know what I mean? But not trying to, you know, just toss them under a bus and call them idiots and make it all their fault or something. And it's, it's just great to see competency, you know, going forward. And to know he's on one accord with the front office. So I know when he speaks, I'm also hearing the front office speak because everybody has got each other's back on this, you know. That's why everything is so tight knit. So, yeah, I just keep doing it. Like, let's keep let's start this season back, let's run it back. Uh, we highlighted, uh, Will brilliantly highlighted, you know, the things that weren't going so right, uh, as far as coaching, but easily fixable with better players, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah, just keep on keeping on, keep doing the thing you've been doing, man. And yeah, can't wait to see it. I love I that. Love it. I love
2: mm-hmm. that. Um, I, you know, there are some Bulls fans who were already calling for Billy to be dismissed, like before this, <laughs> this and like was even over, like because they had issues with his rotations, his coaching, whatever. It, I mean, I, I, I don't understand those people. Now, is Billy Donovan the coach that's going to get this Bulls team across the finish line, as in like you know hoisting the Larry O'Brien Trophy? I'm not positive of that. Like you said, well, I'm in agreement. He's probably a middle of the pack coach as far as all. All of the tools, all you want your NBA coach to have leadership, X's and O's, basketball science. He's he's he is a average, maybe slightly above average coach. And maybe you'd need something better than that to win an NBA championship. Maybe you don't. Uh plenty of NBA teams have talent and middle of the pack coaches, and they win on talent. It's doable. I and it's not a perfect comparison. I kind of think of Billy as as this age of Doug Collins, like a guy who was well liked by his say players. That. And maybe isn't the greatest basketball mind across the league. Uh, You know, instead of Doug Collins saying that play was uh, get the ball to Michael and everybody else get the hell out of the way. You know, Billy did that with DeMar a lot this season. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But for right now, I think that Billy is the coach that the Bulls need. And I feel confident that he's the coach that they need next season. I'm confident that he'll be back next season. As far as my meathead grade, HMF. And you, either of you, care to take a guess at what HMF means?
0: Uh, he's my father. <laughs> no, Mark is not, not on the episode. Oh, not, that is Mark. Not, I'm not, sorry, that's a Mark a thing. Head. Excuse me. You're right. You're right. That's a Mark thing. You're right. You're right.
1: <laughs> is, the, is the MF what you might think MF? No, means? it is. It okay. is not.
2: Okay. It is not MFer. I got nothing. He's my friend. I don't know, man. That's another good guess. No. Helping me forget,
0: mm. Billy
2: Donovan is helping me mm. forget. Mm. There are some serious scars on my brain <laughs> from the last five years of Bulls basketball before Billy and A.K. Neversley and arrived. True, indeed. Billy Donovan, his his disposition, the way that he talks to the media, the way that you see him talking to his players and about his players, he is helping me forget. He is helping me through my PTSD, and I appreciate that about
0: him. Oh, my God. That is brilliant <laughs> and, and true and accurate, not only for you, but for a lot of Bulls Nation out there who's still suffering from a lot of these things. So, yeah, that's a great point. Great point. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, and to wrap up, it looks like we all gave him what we gave him for X's and O's as our overall grades as well. That's just a solid B student this season for Billy Donovan. B, man. Yeah. B, B. B, Billy B
0: (laughs) Billy gets a B that's right
2: I mean there are areas where we know he can um, can improve Mm -hmm. we know that he has some flaws but I mean to me I'd I'd rather have a B coach than a coach that I can't stand Mm -hmm. um, because I don't like his his personality and I don't like his coaching and crazily enough I feel like there there are Several NBA coaches that you could rattle off that, you know, fans of those teams would say like, yeah, I, I hate this guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's not one of them. He's not one of them.
0: Go ahead.
1: I think also just from personal experience, having been on the beat for the last month and a half of the season, flex uh, I want to say like, he, he's a really good guy. He like takes his time to answer questions. And like a lot of coaches, if you ask them questions about X's and O's, they'll just like dismiss it or basically like, treat you like you don't actually know what you're talking about. So they're not going to take the time to answer it, but like Billy will get into it with you. And I really appreciate that. That I think that helps provide better content for our uh, readers and listeners. So um, I-, I think Billy is a really good, like when I say be like average, like we're talking about top 15 best in the world at your job, right? right. Like this is nothing to be, uh, you know, upset about. Like, I think he's a very solid coach and um wasn't perfect I don't think he is on the level of like Eric Spolstra for example or Monty Williams where it's just like clearly if you're on that team you are a championship contender Um, but that's okay like I think this is a massive step in the right direction and as I've said before on the show a couple times like it all kind of started with Billy so um, he's been a great figurehead for the Bulls and I appreciated having him here I, I think he will be here for a couple more years I think three more on his contract yeah mm-hmm.
0: so he's here it's, we will uh get to know built, him even better yeah it's built this culture
2: and any final thoughts on billy big dave
0: yeah like i just said i'm excited to see him continue in the next year in the next three years and just keep building this culture man of this team um just feel like he's got his finger on the pulse uh with these players and they all seem to like him and they all seem to get along with him and yeah, I just really like that about him, that everybody is just kind of on the same page uh, with him. You know what I mean? And I like that. I, I just like that and, and my team moving in unison. And like I said, it doesn't mean that it's going to mean to a championship. Uh it doesn't mean that, you know what I mean, uh, teams have to be in unison to win champs. That's, it doesn't mean, I'm just saying I like seeing that where I haven't seen that for years uh, from this team for a very mm-hmm. long time. It just hasn't been that way at all. So it just feels good that, it's in unison from coach to player and then also from coach to front office. So everything is kind of connected, you know what I mean, and in unison. And I think that only makes your team get better because, you know, your coach will tell you, your front office, what you need. Front office will give it to your coach and then your coaches will put it on the floor and see what it looks like. You know what I mean? So, yeah, keep on keeping on, Billy. Let's let's just keep doing it. I mean, I'll, just, damn I hate doing this because now I'm excited and I just want the season to start. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Throw that ball.
2: Quick quick fact check here. Uh, Billy didn't sign a five year deal, he signed a four year deal, so he's okay. halfway through his four year oh, so deal. Two left. Okay, uh, two down, two to go. It was 24 mil over four years, so six million okay. a year. Um, it's an important year, then big. This is big. Uh, so he's entering year three, uh, as the Bulls enter year three of the AK and Eversley regime as well. Good job, Billy. Always, always good to feel like you're, you know, whether it's a coach you're grading or a front office or your players, that you feel like they did an adequate job this year, and then, like you just said, Big Dave, looking forward to what they do next year because there mm-hmm. is room for improvement, uh, and that is that is certainly true for Billy. So, congrats on the B, Billy. Go enjoy your summer vacation, and by that I mean work really hard and get your team ready for next season.
0: <laughs> Get ready for the draft.
2: (laughs) That's right. Uh, Speaking of which, we'll be starting our draft coverage uh, any minute here uh, as we transition from May to June. That's next on deck. We got three weeks of content talking about drafts, and Big Dave also has a fun idea. While we are getting y'all ready for who the Bulls might take at number 18 this summer, we'll also be going back and looking at some of the picks the Bulls have made at each pick, 1 through 30, in previous years past of the NBA draft. Some doozies. Um, it's going to be some fun. <laughs> so make sure you're following along. Subscribe to that CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. And follow us on Twitter. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. Wheels won't Gottlieb. And Big Dave is BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. We are, Bulls, we are CHGO underscore Bulls. We'll be in studio tomorrow, Tuesday, with a fresh episode for you guys at 3 p.m. Chicago time. Talk to you then. Until then, see you ready being be good.